You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. This is the Habs Culture podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Mark Anthony Bertaja. I'm alongside Justin Shorts as usual. A very hectic week for the Montreal Canadiens. About one week ago today, Mark Bridgevain did exactly what he said he wouldn't do, and he traded for a player. He acquired forward Eric Stahl from the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for a 2021 third-round pick and a 2021 fifth-round pick, which are both the Montreal Canadiens' picks. 24 hours after that, he signed future Hobie Baker winner Cole Caulfield to his entry-level deal, and he has been assigned to Laval. So he will start there following his quarantine, and Eric Stahl finishes in quarantine on Monday, should be able to join the team. So now, the Canadiens played two games now following their, their week off. Well, their week off, their unfortunate week off. And they played amazing hockey. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really much not to like in those two games. Eight goals scored, one goal against, two great games from each goalie respectively. And we saw everyone getting involved, which is what I like to see. And on top of that, that was without Toffoli, Armia, and the new acquisition in Eric Stahl. Mm-hmm. And even if you want to add Ben Schroppa, we've been playing games without him yeah. already. Yeah. However, I still think that's fairly impressive. And it's definitely something to, you know, rejoice about and build momentum going forward. Because I think those are people, or players, sorry, that when in the lineup make an impact. And the the hockey we're playing right now without them just goes to show that with them, we're a dominant force. It reminded me a lot of like when they came out of the gate at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. I actually, I mentioned that mid-game. Yeah, and I had the feeling before they played, I was like, you know what, maybe they might do it. <laughs> they don't like to practice, apparently. They just like to come out of the gate and... They had one practice the day before the Edmonton game. Um, and yeah, they played amazing. They Like that start against Edmonton, I was freaking out. They were all over them. Look at Lekkonen, completely new player. Mm-hmm. Like the second game against Ottawa, he was a bit absent. And a little bit of an unfortunate uh, penalty late to break the shutout. But hey. He owes Jake Allen a Rolex for I that saw 200 that. feet away from the net. <laughs> That's a, that's a pretty bad penalty. But whatever. They still got the win. Jake Allen still played very well. I'm happy for him. He got the, the W. Mm-hmm. Um, another player, Michael Froelich, slid into the lineup. Uh, really happy for that guy, you know, living away from his family. And he hadn't played an NHL game since, I think, last season, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. I think it was with Calgary as well. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just good for him to get out there. Look, I think he knows that he won't be in the lineup for that much longer. Mm-hmm. With guys like Toffoli um, and Armia coming back in, but this team played that well, and now you're going to be able to add Toffoli, Armia, Stahl, that's what I'm and saying, and maybe Caulfield, mm-hmm. like you said. I don't know. Look, like, <laughs> I mean, I think we can both agree we don't like to touch things that are working. So, but put this. But in you have to in this put, case. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but. There is a lot to be excited about Mm -hmm. because I think these two games, look, Habs fans are all over the place in terms of, you know, whether it be a two game losing streak, a two game winning streak and 
that's the difference between being extremely excited, extremely happy and or treat everyone. There you go. But those two wins were convincing W's. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I think it's worthy no worth I think it's worth noting that the Sens before this game had accumulated a point in their past six. They were 3-0-3. We came in there, made a statement with a 4-1 win against a relatively hot goalie as well. Philip Gustafson has been playing great hockey, you know, with the amount of injuries that mm-hmm. have gone on in that goaltending uh, group there. So, listen, I'm happy about it, and I'm excited to get these players back. And I think as we approach a, a tougher schedule, it gives the Habs a lot of wiggle room, if you were, if you if you want to say. Yeah, like Mark Bridgman said, games in hand don't mean anything unless you win them, and they have to continue winning because look, they're four points behind third place, and Edmonton has thirty-seven games played. We have thirty-three. Mm-hmm. Calgary, on the other hand, thirty-seven games played like Edmonton, but thirty-five points. They're in a bit of a hole now. They're off for another week, I think, right? They got postponed also, mm-hmm. their games. Yeah, because they were playing against Vancouver, I yeah. believe. But man, they got 2 out of 10 points while the Canadians were off. But can't fire Daryl Sutter. Can I, can I put something into perspective for you? Yeah, go ahead. Because I think it's really important to note, especially this season, that as we approach the end of the season and teams are... You know, whether it be a couple points out of a playoff spot or a couple points out of first place or mm-hmm. wherever you may be in the standings. With the snap of your fingers, it can change instantly. I think the Habs play Calgary five more times. Well, that's what I'm trying to say, right? Because we play Calgary X amount of times rest of season, but we also play Toronto X amount of times rest of season. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's important to note that these games going forward are is the difference between the Habs finishing in fifth or the Habs finishing in first. Yeah, they're they're eight, pa- eight points behind Toronto. There you go. So I think it's interesting, and especially in an all-Canadian division, that there's Anything so much happen. that can happen. Yeah. Who knows? Obviously, we hope the trend goes upwards and mm-hmm. not downwards. But I'm looking at this division. I just... The Canadians have to screw up really bad for them not to make the playoffs like they're in a solid position they right are now. in a solid position like a very solid position if they reach 37 points at uh, 37 games played sorry and they win most of those games like more than half mm-hmm. i don't know that seems pretty good to me no and i and i don't disagree i'm just saying that in this type of division where everyone's playing everyone so many times, yeah. so much can happen. There's so many teams that can play spoiler. There's so many games that come down to the wire, overtime, whatever it may be. Hopefully it doesn't go to overtime. We're not, <laughs> you know, statistically great in that category. But what I'm trying to say is that this last stretch is going to be incredibly important for momentum, especially going into these playoffs. Let's just hope Alex Galchenyuk doesn't shatter our oh, dreams. Oh, God. It is so weird to see him in a Leafs, <clears throat> excuse me, in a Leafs uniform. Weirder than Placanic? I don't think weirder, but you know, growing up, Galchenyuk was by far my favorite player. Mm-hmm. I thought he was incredibly skilled and brought a lot to the table. And 
it's just it's weird it's uh it's gross <laughs> it's like i wanted him to succeed but now he's in the leafs so yeah I'm like look still as a as a player i want to see him do decently well and look he's paired with Neilander and Tavares. And I think those are the boy. best line mates of his career. Easy. But, I mean, it's just, it's so weird. Well, unless he played with Kirby or Raquel. I don't know if he did. Because if he did, <laughs> then, then better he's a than lucky the pajama man. boy. He's a lucky man. Right? So, the Habs won 4-0 against Edmonton. Carey Price gets his shutout. Well-deserved. And they win 4-1 against Ottawa on Thursday night. And I just want to bring this up. Because on Instagram, I put up a story asking for predictions from those following us, those who listen to us. And we got two correct answers. We got one from Justin Grinnell, who said 4-1 Habs. Nice. And we got another one from William Mendelssohn, 4-1 win for the Canadians. Nice. So pretty impressive. There you go. I think now they deserve the shout-out because I I didn't know what to expect for this game. Because oh, for sure. Usually, the Canadians play amazing, and then they forget how to play hockey. Right? We talk about it every single mm-hmm. episode, and I'm going to mention it once more. Consistency. The Habs have been lacking that. So, to see them, you know, I, I would call it blowout wins, 4 nothing, 4-1. 100%. They blew them out of the water, mm-hmm. especially Edmonton. And I mean, like, honestly, last night, well, both games, seriously, I don't think... Like I don't think Edmonton, I don't think the Sens had a chance. It it didn't look like they had a chance out there. I don't think so either. Like I'm trying to think of. I mean, maybe a couple of power play opportunities here and there, but other than that, like I think if Ottawa scored to make it two one instead of three nothing. Yes, that's well, and you emphasized to me that that next third goal mm-hmm. was so important, and yeah. I think that's what put it away. That killed their their momentum altogether. I'm not going to lie. I, I knew the game was over when I heard Koskinen was starting. <laughs> like, I don't understand how you could just throw the puck on net. He'll make the first save. But then the rest, put a blindfold on his eyes, and he just swims. He's he's a, he's not a good goalie. But they were on a back-to-back, so I don't think they had a choice. No, right? they didn't have a choice because they couldn't even put Mike Smith to replace him. But, like, they just accepted the he's loss. He's a fish out one. of water. It's like it's like what, when you're watching Niemi. Remember Niemi? Oh. Yeah. It, like he would the make the rebound first save. control. It's the it's like it's so shaky. Like every puck that yeah. was on net, you had no idea what the outcome was. Exactly. Okay, and now I'm gonna go into our question of the day because our question of the day talks about a specific player, but it'll also lead us into players like Jake Evans, Corey Perry, Armia, and uh, and a few more. So, where does Eric Stahl fit in the lineup on Monday? Especially after the performances we saw from Lekkonen and Evans the past two games. Okay, I want to take a stab at this, and I kind of want you to guide me along the way mm-hmm. here. So I'm thinking, right, Suzuki, Kakanyemi, 1-2. Look, you can you can try and tell me that Deno is a top... Like, he's he's not our first-line center. He's not our second-line center. He's our third-line center. They're, they're, they're a great third line. They're playing well. We, we, we roll three lines, yeah. right? Easy. But... I'm thinking Eric Stahl slots in at that fourth center. Mm-hmm. What do you think about moving Jake Evans to the wing? Is that the worst idea in the world? It, I don't think it is the worst idea. He's a young player yeah. who could still adapt to a new position. And it's not like he, he's good defensively, mm-hmm. but he's nothing He's nothing incredible, right? Yeah. Look, last week, 
um, Jamie McLennan from TSN said, Eric Stahl, I see him as a winger on the Montreal Canadiens. When he said that, I was like, whoa, whoa, this guy clearly doesn't watch the Canadiens. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking to myself, would Evans benefit from being in and out of the lineup? You know, get some yeah. rest. And That's back. what I was thinking as well. But now I watched him last night. And I'm like, hold on. Like, this guy clearly heard and wants to stay in the lineup. Because that's all he can do. All he can do is play well. Mm-hmm. As a player, that's all he can do. So, would it be that bad to keep him at the fourth line center and then put Kotkaniemi to Foley and Stahl? Right? Like, I don't know. I, I don't mind swapping Stahl. And- I don't think it's the worst idea. I just... What scares me a little bit mm-hmm. is potentially the loss of speed on that line. Because to fully yeah. to begin with isn't That's very fast true. and stall, you know, he's in his last years of his of his great career. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think it's the worst idea. Mm-hmm. I think they can mix and match with a lot of different things, but stall doesn't necessarily have to be the cemented fourth line center. He yeah. can move a little bit. Yeah, 100%. And that Suzuki line, something needs to happen. Yeah, nothing's been going on there. Nothing's been going but, on. And I want to point this out, and I think it was... Look, it's just something to go over quickly. Like, Josh Anderson really missed Suzuki in front of the net there. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that, but wide open in front of the net. And was he, it not vice versa? Was it not Suzuki to Anderson? No, it was the other way around. Oh. And he, he wrapped it around. Oh, I did of, see. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. He and did look, like a backhand. Yeah, it backhand. and it's an honest mistake. It's an honest mistake, mm-hmm. and that's that stuff's going to happen. It's just you expect more from a line that's clicked in the past, yeah. right? Like, that should be automatic. I think he's frustrated. You saw it last night. You're talking about Suzuki or Anderson? Anderson. He was running around a little bit. Running around. Head was down after he missed a ch- uh, chance. He hit the crossbar, though. Mm-hmm. Nice shot. Um, I'm going to change subjects really quick because I want to. Is Corey Perry one of the best acquisitions Mark Bergevin has made? I think he's one of the best acquisitions he's made for the price. Keep that in mind. Was he getting paid seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. for minimum. a one-year contract? League minimum, and he has seven goals up to date now. If it was an eighty-two game season, he'd be, he'd on, be pace on pace for, for twenty-one. 21. Yeah, for seven hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Incredible. Paul and Byron, think, take notes. But also, like, look what, look how the. I'm gonna I'm gonna specify Ducharme, and uh, Burrows here. Look how they're using him. Mm-hmm. Fourth line. That line s- seems to be working. Like I, I like when they get on the ice. I feel like they do something when it's yeah. Evans, Perry, and interchangeably Froelich, Byron, Lekin, and whatever it Armia, may be. Armia, right, and Stall, right. But on the power play, Perry's a magician. He is. I love him there. And I can't say when we made this signing, I didn't know what to think of it. To be completely mm-hmm. honest with you. And I, ca- I can't be the guy that says I told you so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But. Now looking at it, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Like, I watched him in the playoffs, but I never realized how good he was in front of the net. Mm-hmm. Like, he did well he in the Corey bubble Perry. with Dallas. He did yeah. very well in the bubble he did with, very well. with Dallas. I'm surprised they didn't re-sign him. Unless, did they have issues salary cap-wise? Like, I'm really not sure. Not not a thousand percent sure about that. But yeah, I'm surprised about that. Because, mm-hmm. man, he he's more impactful than Kovalchuk, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's not close right now. Yeah. I think Kovalchuk did have a significant impact for 
a little period of time there. And you morale. Know, he was just I think like, it might have been the hype of coming yeah. to Montreal. Yeah. But Perry's just been consistent all the whole way through. And he's quiet. He, he just does it. Yeah. And you know what I like to see about him is that he's not... Uh, he. We've seen in the past Corey Perry lose his temper a little yeah. bit, right? And, you know, maybe go and make a bonehead play mm-hmm. in the corner or yeah, whatever, yeah. a hit. But now he's just he's just letting his, his game speak for itself, mm-hmm. which I like to see. I don't see him getting taken out of the lineup until the end of the season. No, there's no chance. And especially since I believe Mark Bergevin made that acquisition, not solely for the purpose of the playoffs, but a big reason is is for that. I think... He brings a lot of gr- I said it about stall, but gris- grit, size, and experience. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. So we can continue. We can go back to the Canadians a bit later. I just want to talk a bit about because I I want to talk about it last episode. I think even the episode before I want to talk about it, but I completely forgot. <laughs> like I find it a bit funny. Like I don't, I don't know why I'm laughing, but t- Tim Peel. That's like a little bit of a joke. What are the what are the odds? Because I read into it. It was a it was the guy working for the media, the TV broadcaster, mm-hmm. who was testing the lines. And apparently, they do that very often. Like just test the lines, see if the mics are working. He thought they were in commercial, so he tested Tim Peel's mic, and this guy says what he says. If you guys don't know what he said, he pretty much said, "I wanted to call an early penalty, penalty on, on Nashville. Nashville." Yeah, and I'm. Pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but Matthew Shane said that he was talking to Philip Forsberg. Oh, yeah? When he said that, yeah. I, I, I don't even know. The league didn't fire him, technically. No, they just said they just suspended him from any games they going said, you know forward. What? But Go that's a little couch. bit of a joke, no? I don't even... How do you not fire the guy? Look... He's done many Stanley Cup games, like a few. He's done many Stanley Cup Finals, games, and I we've mean. seen many Habs games where it's like he has a blindfold on. <laughs> and this is not to be biased because if you look up the metrics, the stats, when he's refing games, the Habs, the Habs lose way more games than they win when he's refing, and it's not close. <laughs> and look, you can say, oh, the Habs over you know, the last five, six years haven't won that many games, but... At the end of the day, they have a winning record in, in I mean, like overall. Mm-hmm. So if you if you look back at it, this guy, I, I can't believe he was he's even made it to this point. He's terrible. He's retired. Did, did he not ref the Habs Flyers series? I, I last bubble. I couldn't tell you. I'm convinced he did, and missed oh many miss blatant the, calls. I, I think he missed the Gallagher cross check to the mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then it uh on from Niskanen, correct? Yeah, from this game. Yes, he missed that. That was him. Whatever. One it's a game joke. suspension. But can we can we call it bad karma here? Because I don't think he I don't think he deserves to ref another game ever again. It's just it's not just him, right? It's an issue of all refs. Because ev- every ref does it. He just got caught. I think it's just inevitable, right? Yeah. Refs aren't gonna stop talking. They're gonna things are gonna slip out here and there. It's no, but like a, the balancing of calls. Yeah, that... Like every ref does it, and it's annoying because and, it shouldn't and happen. And it's pretty obvious, right? It's like let's 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 take into account any NHL game, whether it be Habs. I have an example. Ah. Okay, go ahead. Winnipeg, Montreal. Josh Morrissey takes out I forget whose legs. Took him out in the middle of the ice. Was it not Josh Anderson? As either okay, never Anderson mind. or Evans. He just yeah. took him out of the way. Complete interference. They didn't call it. Okay. Weber 
got a that was a penalty. He tripped. I don't know who. It was a clear penalty. They let it go because of Morrison. Yeah, no, those those both should be penalties. Don't balance out the game. Mm-hmm. And actually, another great example of this, and I mean, I think the announcer went a little overboard, and I'm pretty sure you saw this mm-hmm. with Boston a couple nights ago. Boston was on the power play, and Krejci gets. It doesn't get more of a clear trip than that. Mm-hmm. They don't call it. The announcer goes nuts, and and he basically says they didn't call that penalty because they were already on the power play. And you know, as much as you shouldn't be letting that information go, like you shouldn't let the team bias get to you mid mid game, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're you're calling a game on live television. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's not wrong. No, no, he's not. Many penalties don't get called when teams are on power plays. Or and if they get a bunch of penalties, it's they'll just, just stop yeah, calling it, them, yeah. put the whistles away. And you know, some people, some people, wow, excuse me. Some people might say it's rigged, but I just think it's, like you said, the ref trying to balance the game. And I don't understand. Like, what if Tim Peel said, oh, I had to call a penalty on Nashville because I put 10 bucks on them tonight? Mm. Do you think the league fires him? Because at this point, they don't even care. If they don't fire him, <laughs> that is a huge joke. But I think they have to be more aware of these things going forward. But how, like, it's, it's very hard to monitor. How do you do it? You can't. You have to have the ref. And, and by the way, Tim Peel, if I'm not mistaken, was mic'd up. Because he was a head ref. Well, they're all, they're all no, mic'd up. No, I don't up. think linesmen oh, are it's mic'd true. up. Oh, it's true. It's true. But the linesmen wouldn't say something. Yeah, that's right? true. Well, who knows? I you actually have talk. no idea. You have no idea what these guys say. <laughs> That's true. the scary part. It's true. <laughs> anyway. But they can't make a mistake because they have the cameras and the blue lines. So, like, if they make a mistake, it'll get called mm-hmm. back. And That's he can't, true. He can't, like, blow a call or... But what if he said, like, I let that one go because... I let that play on onside because... Yeah. With the hopes they don't the challenge. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. The refing is kind of suspect. But you know what's even worse? George Paros. How do you hire a goon oh, God. to run... This guy was a pure goon. Hit his head on the ice multiple times. Like, hit it hard. Oh, we saw that one. And now he's And he's a head. smart guy. He's a very... He went to Harvard. Yeah. Incredibly smart Before guy. he hit his head on the ice. Mm-hmm. And now he's running Department of Player Safety. So can I... So I think what you're referring to, and I know exactly what you're referring mm-hmm. to, is the McDavid elbow to Kakiyemi's face. Not just that. Oh, not that. Not just that. There was the Evans hit at the start of the season. Oh, there that were... was a joke. And that wasn't even called a penalty. There was the Chandler Stevenson. He got suspended, right? A few nights ago on Vegas, he hit Chandler a guy in the Stevenson, head. Yeah. There's just been calls that it's so inconsistent of yeah. suspensions. Yeah, I agree. Where if you're not going to protect the players, who will? Mm-hmm, for sure. And I mean, if you bring up the McDavid situation, and even if you want to bring up the McKinnon situation that happened a couple <laughs> nights ago when he threw his helmet at Connor Garland. <laughs> that was too funny. That was pretty funny. But I mean, look, I think everyone expected them not to get suspended. They're arguably the two best players in the NHL. Well, McKinnon, no. McDavid, I, yeah, I knew he was gonna get suspended. You so knew he he wasn't. But even even McKinnon, I I don't expect him to get suspended. They were both out of frustration. The thing that bothers me is that the league doesn't take into account the situation. Connor McDavid was frustrated, and I don't think Kakanyemi did anything to aggravate him either. He backchecked. Yeah. He won <laughs> his battle, and Connor McDavid, cheap shot. That's what they don't take into account. They just say, they look at the play, oh, okay, we'll give him $5,000. The equivalent of, did you see that? The equivalent? He makes $12.5 million. Mm-hmm. A guy who makes $50,000 a year, 
and gets fined five thousand dollars, so the equivalent to Conor McDavid, that's twenty dollars. Well, I think it's eighteen something. That's a, a beer at the at Provigo. Seriously, a pack of beer. Yeah, it's. How does that send a message? It I doesn't. know it's the math. It doesn't. It's, they can't put more, but at least change it where it's a percentage of the player's salary instead of just five thousand. Yeah, no, I agree because that that's because that was so not even necessary. That hit. That was really it wasn't necessary. necessary, and I think any other, if that was Tom Wilson, that's a ten game suspension. Yeah. and I'm not joking. Exactly. Because then again, Tom Wilson is a repeat, of, like a repeat. So was Connor. He got suspended two, three games. Connor McDavid got suspended. Mm-hmm. He's oh, a repeat wow. offender. I just, I found it so unnecessary and purely fr- like a frustrated player hitting another. Yeah, one. and and honestly, and I said this a couple times, you know, after I saw the hit, those type of players, especially a guy like Connor McDavid. You expect him to reciprocate with his play mm-hmm. and not his aggravation or his whatever, whatever lot, he let loose like there. Crosby. His hot head. He reminds me a lot of Sidney Crosby. Like a crybaby? When, when things aren't going well. Yeah. But look, he's, he's amazing. But he's, he's head and shoulders above, above everyone else, and that's not even a close to a debate in my opinion. Like if you really didn't like someone, like you really didn't like them, and it costed you $20 to hit them in the head, I mean, it's probably worth it. Yeah, exactly. 5,000 is nothing to him. Pocket change. Yeah, for sure. All right. Do you want to move into the next few games? Um, Trade, trades, more trades? Because who doesn't like to talk about trades? What about about we give a speculation on... Well, we could do that. Mm -hmm. But what what if we give a speculation on NHL rewards, just where where we stand? Okay, yeah. Because, you know, I think think it's up for debate, some of them. I think some of them might be a last. I'm gonna open up the list just so I don't. Yeah, no worries. Unless you want to start with um, Jack Adams, coach of the year. Okay, so I have my favorite, but I know who everyone else thinks it would be. But I'll give mine. I don't. I personally don't think it's close, but my my opinion is Jeremy Colleton. Okay, I'll tell you why. Chicago Blackhawks are fifth in their division. They are nearing the end of an incredibly difficult schedule or stretch of games that included Tampa, Dallas, Carolina, Florida, back-to-back. And they still sit a few points out of a playoff spot. Now, this is a team with no Taves, no Alex Nylander, just got back Kirby Doc, a very young defensive core, a rookie goalie, and essentially, Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrincat. And they're not out of it. And I think that if they make the playoffs, in my opinion, he has to be coach of the year. Now, there's the beat for Joel Quenville. That, that was my, and I think, my guy. And I think it's a great... I, I still think... I think they're both like one and two interchangeably, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And Joel Quenville has done incredible things. But I think, look at the difference in teams. I think the Panthers are way more put together. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they are, they are a much better team. They have goaltending. They have everything. Um, mm. But if he goaltending fin- sometimes, if he yeah, <laughs> if he beats Tampa Bay in a division, oh for sure. I, think, I I don't I don't disagree with that. I think he gets it. Um, no Ralph Kruger on the list. That's for sure. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry, Buffalo. I, I had to say it. <laughs> we have to throw in one shot every. You just have to every episode. Right? It's so embarrassing. All right, I'm gonna go to the Calder now. I think it's blatantly obvious. 
rookie of the year. Are, are you taking Kaprizov? 100%. Yeah, it has to be Kaprizov. Yeah. I think I think there's an argument to be made for a is guy like... Is he allowed? Like, is that an argument? What? Pierre Lebrun said it. Should he be allowed to be rookie of the year? Yes, I think so. It's his first NHL season. He's never played another NHL game before. He played before. a decade in the KHL. <laughs> yeah, but... It's men's hockey for 10 years. Yeah, I don't... I, don't, I know you... I think it's 10. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I still think he should be allowed. He's great. Yeah. He's great. But runner-ups, like, do you have anyone in mind? I have... I mean, I think Tim Stutzel. Yeah, but there's no Stutzel. one close to Kaprizov, yeah. in my opinion. I, but, I, but I do think Kevin Lankinen gives a run for his oh, yeah. money. He's, again, on, on the... Blo- Look, I'm a, I, don't, I don't know if I'm a closet Blackhawks fan here, but, but <laughs> I, just think, I just think I like... Well, I like to see what they're doing with the team that they have yeah. in front of them. Right? Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Vesna? That's, that's a debate. But it, it has to be Vasilevsky. It has, it, to has be. To. it has to be. He's lost five games all season. It's not normal. He's ridiculous. He's an but he also has a great team in front of him. But I won't. But he's I ridiculous. Won't, I won't take it away. I won't take away from him that he is incredible. No, Freddie Anderson. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> but I think Flurry. I'm, jo- I'm joking. <laughs> I think Flurry near the beginning of the season gave him a yeah. run for his money. Yeah, it's very true. But Vasilevsky's just yeah. Too it's consistent. not close. I don't think it's close. Art Ross. We can't really guess. It's just gonna. Yeah, whoever has the happen. most points. Is- uh, I mean, I guess it will be Connor McDavid. Yeah, that's not that's not gonna be a shocker if it is. Yeah. Um, I'll skip the. What is there here, Lady Bing? I'll skip the Lady Bing. Uh, now we'll go with the Norris. I think that has to be Victor Hedman. Look, okay, 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 okay. I like I like Petrie. I man. think Petrie's top three. Look, he was closer. Now I think he fell off a bit. A little bit, though. Not too much. He still has such an Im- a huge impact on the game. And look at Sam Gerrard, man. Yeah, he's cli- but I still don't. I still don't consider him like top five in yeah. voting. I-, yeah. I think in order for me, it would be Hedman. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's very close. And, and then and then Petrie, and I think Dowdy's up there as well. Ooh, Dowdy's a good shot. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know where they rank like Petrie and Dowdy. I mean, as a Habs fan, I'd love to see Petrie ahead of him in the voting, but Doughty's been playing incredible hockey at that age, and, you know, a lot of people doubted him going into the season, so got to give him a little bit of credit there. Rocket Richard. It's got to be my fantasy boy, Austin Matthews. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean... I'm going to give it to Connor. Really? I think he's going to just... Turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> I could see it. I, I think it will be Austin, though. Yeah. Look, it could be, could very well be, <laughs> and I don't want to admit it, but he's he's different. He's mm. he's so. On good. any other team, I love him ten times more than I already do. Now, on the Leafs, like I just I can't. It's it's weird. Like I don't want to see Leafs win games because of him. It's yeah, I don't. If he was on Arizona, I'd love this guy. If he was on any other team, <laughs> literally any other team. Yeah, I. If you, if he went to Winnipeg. Or I'm only saying that because they had a second the line pick. A, whatever, yeah. because people were actually seriously saying that line A was better than Matthews. But do you remember Line's interview at the draft lottery? Oh God, this he guy was like lying down on his couch like it's nothing. He, he's <laughs> and and now and now or I mean recently with his Fortnite and he's just such a lazy guy. I'm telling you, he's gonna leave Columbus, Ohio, and he's gonna score fifty. Can we, can we talk about yeah, that yeah, for sure. a second? Because I think it's ridiculous i th- 
No, I'm not even joking. I think it's actually ridiculous how John Tortorella is still there. It blows my mind. And let me tell you why. And it's pretty obvious. Name me the players that have left and name me the players that have come in happy. Name me the players that have come in happy and left. You well, know, in- they had... Or when they beat Tampa, I said this team is going to be good for years to and come. And who they have? Panarin? Mm-hmm. Duchesne? Mm-hmm. Bobrovsky? Bobrovsky? Wernski and, and Jones were beasts. And where are those guys now? Gone. Gone. Except for Wernski and Jones. Now, they drafted Dubois. Where is he now? Gone. Gone. They brought in Line. The guy's already not happy. He's gone. I don't... Who's their... their, their Domi's gone. No yeah, way well, he stays. that guy... No. Yeah, that guy. That guy. You know... If you want to keep John Tortorella, keep the players he likes. And he liked Josh Anderson. And you traded him for Max Domi, a guy who everyone knew he wasn't going to like. Do you know who their GM is? I Jarmo Kekalainen. Okay, yes. Yeah. He's, he's a fin- Finnish guy. That's, I I, that's why I thought he was going to draft Pugliarvi. Mm. And he didn't. But what I don't understand from his perspective is that he, he, you can arguably say that he's done a very good job. He's done his job. He's done his job except for the fact that he has to fire his coach. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? And it's on. It's his shoulders. Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't. Like everything he's done right has been erased simply because he doesn't know how to fire his coach. Mm-hmm. It's like he's scared of Tortorella. And it, I'd be scared. Yeah, but. I'd be scared of him too. But it's crazy because he, like I said, he's brought in some, or he's made some trades mm-hmm. that have, you know, got them some like whether it be a, a series win in the playoffs or a decent regular mm-hmm. season. And it's all going to waste because they can't hold a big-name guy for more than a year. Ever. It's sad. because They traded for Duchesne. He left the next season. They traded for Panarin. He left maybe, I think, over for... He left after a season. No, I think it was a bit more. But I think he was going to leave no matter what. No matter who the coach is. He well, was oh, they traded him for who? Was it... They traded Saad for Panarin. Oh, and then he walked. Oh, God. Yeah, that, uh, no matter who... I, I could just I'm, imagine Panarin still playing with Patty Kane. <laughs> to think that he was almost a Montreal Canadian. Panarin? Panarin? How come? He was in the quarters, I think, of the in Russia in the playoffs. He was set to visit Chicago and Montreal. Um he visited Chicago, then they went to game seven. They were down three one in the quarters. He visited Chicago. He was gonna visit Montreal, but they ended up going to game seven. So he said, I'm gonna stay in Russia, then I'll come visit you guys. They ended up going to the finals. And once he reached the finals, twelve other teams realized who he wow. was. And That's he never bad. visited Montreal. And mm. I think Andre Markov called, called out. Sergei Gonchar at the time called out to him. He was pretty close to becoming happy. They offered more money than Chicago, and he still went to Chicago. Wow. But is Panarin the same player he is today if he's not with Patrick that's Kane? W- that's what I was going to say. That's for another day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on Line and Kekalainen, coaches are hired to be fired. Third overall picks aren't drafted to be traded. Yeah, for sure. That's, all that's a great say. statement. Like, at one point, you got to realize that Torts is, he's got to go. Mm-hmm. All right. This leads us into the next award, GM of the year. It's not <laughs> Kekalainen. Who do you think it is? I know. Yeah, well, we know what you think. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> I'm going to say who. But I'm going to explain why. I don't, think, I don't think you need to explain. I mean... Well, it's because some people don't understand. GM of the year. It ends with of the year. Mark Bergevin including the off-season and this season, has, out of all other 30 GMs, has done the best to improve his team, and they performed on the ice. 
And he did those acquisitions. Like, they were big acquisitions. He did them all quickly. He drafted properly. He fired his coach quick. His coach is doing well. I just don't see how a GM has impacted his team the most other than Mark Bergevin. And that's what this award is for. It's not for three years ago making a trade for Jonathan Drouin. Mm-hmm. It's what he did now, this year, and how he improved his team from being the 24th place team to now making, almost being able to jump up in the North Division standings. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't think of another name. And I swear to God, if I hear people say Kyle Dubas. Ew. Because people will. But what has he done this year? Oh, Justin, he signed Wayne Simmons. Oh, thank you. And I'm going to say... Oh, oh, he signed Joe Thornton too, right? Oh, oh, I'll walk into a retirement home and bring a few, <laughs> uh, bring a few players on my <laughs> Seriously. team. Seriously. Like, no. And I know that's a, it's a bit of a weird comment, what I just said. But he literally took old guys, which they needed. They, they, I'm not they, brought, take that away. they brought in some experience. That's about I, it. I like Kyle Dubas. He, they needed veterans. He got it. But you can't start comparing Wayne Simmons to Tyler Toffoli here. And say, Wayne Simmons dropped the gloves... He has a stronger impact than scoring 20 goals like Tyler Toffoli. Come no, on. No, that, no, that's not... I don't even think Kyle Dubas is even in the debate. He will be just because of the Leafs' play. Yeah, but that's that's based off four guys. Kyle Dubas, the three. first thing he ever did as a general manager was sign John Tavares. But no matter who's in that seat Look, is giant, signing John can Tavares. I, can I make a comment? I think Kyle Dubas is an incredible GM. 100%. And he's going to go... He he's. I still believe that he's in a bit of a learning curve, right? He's so young. And he's, he's the man for the job, though. I like him. He is the man for the job. And he he's doing a great job with what he's been given. I think he made a little bit of a mistake with the Tavares signing. But that's up for speculation and debate. Who knows where they'd be without him? Who knows where they'd be... If... Like... We know where they are with mm-hmm. him, but who knows where they'd be without him and what they would have done with that money. With that being said, I think it's still important to note that they're in a tight cap space situation now, and he's made the most out of what he ha- with what he has money-wise, mm-hmm. including Wayne Simmons, Joe Thornton. Now, I don't personally like those signings. I think he did a good job you know, getting Brody, solidifying that top four. However, I don't think... His job compares to what Bergevin did this season. So Corey Perry, just that is a better sign. Well, than Corey Simmons. Perry, Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson, Josh Jake Anderson, Allen, Jake Allen. Allen. Yeah, it's not Mark's, uh, Eric Stahl. Yeah, look, it, I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't think it's up for debate. It will be because a lot of people. Don't I mean, like we'll Mark just have Bergevin. to wait and see. But I think, I think he's done. Like you said, it's for the year and what he's done in the period of this season. He can't go out there and skate for them. He did his job. Mark yeah, Bergevin. no, I agree. He did an amazing job, and I just think he should be recognized for it because I'm trying to think of other GMs. Lou Lamorello shouldn't. He's always been in the conversation, but he shouldn't because now he needs to make a move. Unless he makes a crazy move at the deadline, mm-hmm. I don't see him. That's the only name that comes into It's definitely not Kevin Adams of Buffalo. <laughs> right? Definitely not. I, I just, there's no one. It's not no, Brad Trey leaving. You. It's not Brad Trey leaving, and it's not, like, right, he just got Markstrom. And his team sucks. Yeah. Well, they made a mistake overworking him, but... It's not Jim Benning? Absolutely not. He lost all they his lost players. They lost everyone. So, look, that's my bet. If I had to put money on it, I'd put him on Mark Bruchevin. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm being a bit biased. But at the same time... No, but I think I think you bring up fair argument. At the, ar- a at fair the same argument. time, yeah. You look at what, he do- what he's done, and it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I don't disagree. All right. So, last trophy, and then we'll go into the bold predictions. Okay, cool. The heart trophy. Again... 
God, it, it kills me because everyone's going to say it's McDavid. Because technically it is. Uh, well, it is. As of now, he's leading, I believe. In, can from I just what read you the definition? Sure. Yeah. The Hart Memorial Trophy is an annual award given to the player judged to be the most valuable player to his team. Not the league. So I that's, ju- that's where the debate comes in. I just think if you take away McDavid from the Oilers, they are nothing. Yeah, 100%. Nothing. But I think that same comment could be made and agree to disagree or just disagree with I think me. I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to agree. And, I, and we, we've talked about this before, but Patrick Kane. Yeah, it, that's my vote. It I, has to be. I just think if you take Patrick Kane away from the Hawks. They're getting the first overall pick. <laughs> at least the top five pick. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think NHL awards, especially the the Hart Trophy, and not even NHL awards, awards across major leagues, have become a popularity contest as opposed to the stats and what they and what they say. But. Look, it's probably going to be McDavid. It probably will be, but my vote is Patrick Kane. I don't... I don't... Yeah, I, I like the way Patrick Kane's playing. It's not even that. Like, he... Look at all. Look at who they play, right? They have to go up against... I, I named this already, but Florida, Carolina, Tampa, Dallas is iffy. Nashville's not great, but... Those three teams, those three there at the top, are very tough matchups. And when they're going against them, whether it be two, three, four, like four times in a row, to pull out wins here and there is impressive for a Mm -hmm. team that is so young with very limited star power. Yeah. And look, I think DeBrincat's an incredible player, but who knows where he would be without Patrick Kane. Right? And and take away Taves from that team too. Yeah, he's done a phenomenal. Imagine job. if Taves came back. Yeah, like I, I just think yeah. Just for veteran. I'm just sad presence. that they that they came out last season and said that they were um, rebuilding. That they were rebuilding. They pulled a New York Rangers type I thing. I didn't like that because I think Patrick Kane and Taves. I mean, Taves is in an unfortunate mm-hmm. situation now, but I think that they ha- they still have a lot of game left in their tank, whether it be two three years. I think they just wanted the luck that the Rangers got. They pulled out that letter, then they got the second overall pick, the first overall pick, and the best free agent in the past five years. <laughs> That's what happened. After they gave that letter to the fans, the league gave them everything. But whatever. Again, we're not going to get into that. We- the Habs play Saturday night against the Ottawa Senators once again at the Bell Center. Bold predictions. Do you have one? Both prediction. I'm going to go. Oh, God. Do you have one? Actually, I have one. I'm just going to go with a goal. I, I went with Kulak last time. That didn't hit, so I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'll go with a goal from Joel Edmondson. Oh, I thought you were going to say Victor Mete. That's, oh, that would have been bold. good. Yeah, that would have been good. But Joel Edmondson, I think he comes in at the right time, and I think he's due. I'm going to go uh, two goals from Josh Anderson. Okay, I like it. He's been on a bit of a slump. I think he has his fire uh, lit under him. I think he's going he's gonna to go crazy. Mm. All right. To see so we're going to end it off here. We once again 
Thank you so much for joining us. Contact us on all our, pl- our social media platforms if you have any questions, if you want us to talk about anything in particular. And uh, yeah, once again, thanks a lot, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks a lot, guys.